and welcome to the Watcher's Diaries, a weekly podcast all about Buffy. I'm Mary. And I'm Froggy. And this week we're talking about season four, episode six, Wild at Heart. It's going to be a tough one. We're, yeah. It's going to be a fun one because we get to talk about like werewolves in general. Yes, yes. There are some things I want to talk about based on things that are said in the episode, but... Oh, this is a this is a hard one. Yeah, yeah. I you know, Mary Mary and I are very we're very big into werewolves. So yes. having having a werewolf heavy episode is fun to talk about, but the context of the episode is just who um, I don't know if I really have any announcements other than for those of you who are following the whole Anne Rice thing, uh, the day we're recording this, Mayfair Witches starts tomorrow. Yes. Very excited. Yeah, Very excited. I've already seen the memes that are like, because we know this from G talking about this when we were hanging out with her at like the cabin and stuff and everything talking about Mayfair Witches. I've already seen the memes that are like, didn't Star Trek just do the Mayfair Witches series like 30 years ago because family fuck ghosts. Yes. Yes, I am. <laughs> that. Oh. I've never read the Mayfair Witches series. No, so I haven't either. Unlike, unlike Interview, this is going to be very new. I want to read it now. Yeah. But I wasn't as into that as I was into the Vampire Chronicles back when, you know, reading Anne Rice was a thing. Yeah, yeah. And I'm really, I'm actually really excited about the... Anne Rice cinematic universe. Yeah, they're doing so good with it. Yeah, like I, because even in interview, they name dropped the Mayfair witches. They did. They did. And And then everything, like it's just, I'm enjoying the idea that her entire universe is going to be connected. And what they did, what they did with, with the interview series was so good. It was so good. And I think that there were now, I think, interconnected reasons for moving up the timeline of interview. Mm -hmm. Because, like I said, I never read Mayfair Witches. Jackie, I think, did. And she said Storyville plays heavily into the Mayfair Witch series. So now having had... Yeah. Yeah. It'll be interesting. Because they mention mention, um, that... You know, because because the uh, the sisters getting married and her jumping the broom and they make, you know, a reference to, oh, well, there's, you know, witches. And then they're like, oh, she's like down in Mayfair. So I like the little bit of hints that you're getting that it's all going to be connected. And for, for those of us who had our spooky goth eras in the 90s, especially with Interview with the Vampire and all of Anne Rice, this is like our time to shine right now. And I am completely here for it. Oh, yeah. Oh, and a, a, a little announcement on my end. On uh, the day that we're recording this, uh, the next day, we are. I am actually going to be guest hosting on a, another podcast. So. Yay! Uh, we will definitely link to that. Um, okay. I am going to be discussing an episode of Angel. Ooh. Which, by the time we get to that episode, you'll already be all knowledgeable. Yes. Yes. So we will have links to that when it's ready. And I am a terrible person. I completely forgot to prepare with the name of the podcast. It's fun. The important part is we link to it. Yeah, uh, yeah. No one's gonna remember the it's name. A very, it's, a link. It is a very interesting concept. Um, they discuss time loops. 
I love that. Like their whole like their whole concept is time loop. So and what what they do is they break the episode. They break the, the, the series episode down into each section of the time loop. That's really cool. So like the episode that I am going to be doing and I'm excited because it's a Illyria Fred episode. So, yeah, so it's going to be so I'm going to be discussing just a chunk of that episode. So this is going to be my first guest hosting on a podcast. I'm so excited. Uh, I am both excited and terrified to talk to somebody that is amazing. Oh, thank you. I'm going to put makeup on (laughs) just to like look a little bit presentable. (laughs) Telling you. Because what I do when it's me, when it's me and Mary and the people that we usually have as our guest hosts, it's people that we know in our real life so yeah we tell people we're like no we're in jammies just show up in your jammies yeah it's just you don't have to yeah but this is so this has been months in the planning and i think you know what i'm a little less nervous now than back when he contacted us to do it that's fair so like i think back it was like back in September. It was a while ago, yeah. yeah. Like, this, originally, this person may be even more like type A than me, which that's yeah. impressive. Yeah, it, it's and I mean, and he sent me he sent me the spreadsheet of like the episodes and the way things break down. And yes, Mary, you would definitely be proud of <laughs> this so organization. Proud. So proud. Yes. All right, but let's talk werewolves. Yes. Can we just talk werewolves and not talk about Veruca? I would love to just talk werewolves. We're going to talk werewolves like in a big chunk somewhere in here. But sadly, we also talk about Veruca. Yeah, I know. It's... Ooh. All right. So Wild at Heart, it aired November 9th, 1999. And our synopsis is, Willow is faced with serious competition for Oz's affections, a sultry singer named Veruca. Despite reassuring Will, Oz finds his interest is deeper than even he suspects and traces his compulsion to a common trait that could spell the end of his relationship with Willow. (sighs) So what are our international titles? Our international titles for this week is I've taken out anything that was pretty much wild at heart there was mostly wild hearts that was a lot of them i did leave in one that translates as wild hearts the german which in the german it's wilde herzen i just like that i just like the german version of that Uh, but in finnish we have latent beast Mm. in french and i'm gonna read the fancy french because i am enjoying it it's corps de loup-garou which is werewolf heart Oh, I like that. I do, yes. And then I had Vilda Hertz in Wild Hearts in German. Hungarian was Getaway. Wait, what was the Hungarian? Getaway. Okay, sure. <laughs> Italian was just Werewolves. And uh, I mean, yeah. And in Romanian, Crazy Soul. Oh, I like that too. But I do think I like Werewolf Hearts the best. Yeah. Yes, that that sounds like a, a goth band in the 90s. It does. It does. Yeah. Or or like a really raunchy romance novel. Ooh. So there's no previously on this week. Instead, we go right to UC Sunnydale. It's a fairly normal night. Students milling about. And then there's Buffy. 
running around behind them, being chased by a vamp. It's cool, though, because she meant to lead him to a second location. (laughs) Apparently, she works better without an audience. Making a quip about heartburn, she stakes him and just, well, she feels her quip was underappreciated. I I feel Buffy on this. No. No, you don't. Because Buffy has quips. You have bad puns. Yes. There is a difference. But yes, her quips are also puns. Not always. Yes. Well, this one, it was hard, was a pun. Well, I didn't appreciate it either. I was well, with the universe. So I, I could, you know what? Buffy, Buffy, I appreciate you, Buffy. Plus, you know, the vampire was lame. It's like the universe isn't even trying. <laughs> All of this is overseen by Spike. I love this opening. <laughs> who has returned to town following his sojourn to LA. <laughs> He stands high up in a tree watching and talking to himself about how Buffy need not fear. No more lame vamps. Oh no, the big bat is back. And he's, Spike falls out of the tree as he's tasered by several soldiers. They drag him off and we go to the credits. This opening is one of my favorite cold opens just from Buffy's cheesy bantering at the at the vampire to the dramatic shot of Spike standing up there to Spike just getting tased by the initiative. The credits are still awesome. And yeah, okay, now that he pointed them out, I was like hyper aware of the sound effects mm-hmm. in the credits, which I've never paid attention to I, before. No, they, they, the, sound effects, the sound effects always are just there. But now that Mr. Frog pointed them out, I was like hyper aware of Exa- that. Yes, yeah, that... That was something when I was watching the episode today, too, that I noticed. Well, the thing then the thing is, we watch this so much. Everything yeah. is just background. Mm-hmm. When we return from the credits, we're at the bronze, which Willow informs us is more fun this year. Buffy thinks it has to do with the whole college thing and the bragging rights that come with it. They're cooler now, have heavy discourse and curfew-free nights. To Oz, that's a plus. Xander also mentions the dating options. (laughs) Girls who find Townie sexy and dangerous. When everyone looks at him, he says he can dream. Okay, but if college is so fun and cool, then what are they doing back there? A fair question, Buffy. And one I had myself. Because I would think the bronze would be less fun. Right? they know what else is out there. But then again, the campus pub is run by a warlock. Who so. was <laughs> fucking around with the these underage kids. Yeah, so I don't know. Maybe the bronze still is the best place to go. Yeah, I, I do feel like, but still they can't drink. Yeah, Willow says the bronze is comforting. Like a blankie. I also thought he was Willow's blankie. No, I can't. I, leading like this, this part hurts so much because Every he time. does love her. Yeah. Oh, we're going to talk about that later. Uh, <sighs> Willow explains that Oz is her person blankie. The bronze is her place blankie. It's just with everything new going on, it's nice to be able to come someplace that's predictable, which is, of course, when Giles walks over. <laughs> Giles. Giles is <sighs> holding tea or coffee or some beverage he procured from the weird bakery counter. Wait, look, we, we've already discussed how weird the setup is. Buffy immediately asks if something's up and Giles says no. He just thought he'd drop by. Giles. Like latte? 
You are too you are too old for the small child nightclub, Giles. <gasps> he is so too old. As he goes and grabs to grab himself a chair, Buffy calls time of death on Willow's predictable blanket theory. <laughs> Sorry, Will. Saying it's been forever since he's been to a gig, <laughs> Giles proclaims this all very exciting, which opens the window for Buffy to start making fun of his age, bringing up Atrax, something that predates even Froggy and I. Mm-hmm. Yes, although, like, depending on who you knew, you may have known somebody that had an Atrax player in their vehicle. Yeah, if they were still driving, like, a 70s car. My, my friend, my friend on my block, her dad had the greatest, greatest van in the history of vans. It was that shag carpeting on the floor and on the walls. And it it was, it was when you think of a 70s van, that's exactly what it was. And it had an eight track player. That's amazing. It was, it was so much fun to ride around in. Oz tells them not to scoff though. He's seen Giles's collection gone through it extensively and well giles was an animal in his day fair enough buffy relents if the stones can keep rolling why not giles <laughs> willow agrees it's very brave of him to be there <laughs> giles thanks them saying they've made him feel right at home isn't home the empty place he's trying to avoid xander oh xander rude that is that is just rude of you before Giles or anyone else can comment on that, Shy takes the stage and the music starts. Veruca crooning into the microphone. Fucking. I'm not. Yeah, I am not a fan. Things get awkward fast. Oh, yeah. Willow comments on <clears throat> Veruca playing and Oz says, yeah, they play every Wednesday. He thought he told her. Noticing how Veruca is looking at Oz, which let's be honest, is pretty high on the iFuck scale. Oh. And how Willow is growing uncomfortable, Buffy tries to make conversation. Ask when the dingoes are playing next. Next Friday. Now, see, Buffy, your problem is you tried to make conversation with Oz. Uh, yeah. Like, he's not exactly a talker. No. Willow says the band's good as she takes Oz's hand. And Oz, though still transfused by Baruka, is starting to catch on to Willow's feelings. Nothing special. Yeah, Buffy says her whole vibe is kind of derivative. Very Fiona Apple. Giles, however, is very impressed and totally oblivious to the vibe at the table. Giles. <laughs> he says she's extremely talented, especially for someone her age. Buffy immediately tries to kill Giles with her mind powers. Wow, Willow. Willow just looks sad. Poor Willow. It's okay, though, because she is still the one Oz is taking home at the end of the night. And we know this because when we next see her in Oz, they are in his bed. Ooh. In the dingo's off-campus house. Oz awakes a few minutes before Willow and hearing her talk in her sleep tells her that it's all just a dream for her to come back to him. She wakes, but mutters a few more things, which he knows means she's faking. Mm -hmm. She turns to face him and the two have a super sweet moment. <sighs> Meant to break all our hearts. This this moment is so soft. And I mean, I'm not kidding. Like this, so this storyline was originally meant to play out over more of the mm -hmm. season. It was going to be set up like a proper love triangle. But Seth wanted to do other things, wanted to pursue his movie career. And according to the creator, when he announced this, <sighs> everyone was heartbroken. Yes. And so Willow got her heart 
broken because the creator and the writers just put everything the cast and crew was feeling about losing Seth Mm -hmm. into this episode. So these like moments that are like super cute, but also super sad are intentional and intentionally cruel. Also, this is the last time Seth will appear in the opening credits. God damn all of them. Like, I I want to find I I want to find the uh I want to listen to the commentary for this cuz Marnie does. Like, yeah, Marnie Marnie did it. Yeah. It, it's I like I get it. Like, yeah, it would be it would still be heartbreaking if it was dragged out over more episodes, but at least See, the thing that like, yeah, like I I know that they had they were doing it because Seth was leaving, but just how quickly it happens in the series really makes it a lot harder. It does. But yes, super sweet. Oz talks about how Willow's brain is full of things, always busy. And Willow says there are a few things that can quiet it. He offers to help her do just that. But alas, she has to get to class. Tonight, he can't. Not unless she likes the whole overly hairy Jerry Garcia look. (laughs) It's the night before the full moon. Right. Also, Willow has this thing, a Wicca group on campus. It's probably lame, but they have orientation the three nights he's wolfy. Oz tells her to go. Show them how it's done. And I agree, because one, Tara... Mm-hmm. Hair is coming soon. Yes, that's, that's the only consolation. Two... Ugh, campus Wiccans. Yeah. And three, what the fuck do they need a three-night orientation for? <laughs> please see point two. Yeah. Ugh, campus Wiccans. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's it's any, I, I don't know. They just needed a way to get Willow yeah. away from, from Oz. Plot. For, for plot. Plot reasons. That's exactly it. And, like, why? Like, yeah, three nights. A three-night orientation. So weird. Yeah. Willow asks if he's sure and if he'll be okay locking himself up. It's only for this one month. After orientation, they meet on different nights. Oz is sure. Go. Have fun. As long as he doesn't mind. The only thing he minds is being away from her for three nights. I can't, I can't oh, do this. Just, uh, I refuse. The episode ends right here. Yeah. Was happily ever after. Yay! Yeah, nope. Sorry. See sorry. you next week, guys. Bye! <laughs> <laughs> oh. I, I know. Can we can we stop here? Can we just pretend? Mm-hmm. Y'all turn off the episode now. Everything's great. Exactly. Exactly. We we wonder why. No, no, that's it. Series ends. <laughs> Oz, Willow, and Tara all have a beautiful relationship together. Yes, agreed. Yes. Elsewhere on campus, set class is ending. Dr. Walsh handing out papers to the the students as they leave. As Buffy collects her papers, she tells her to prepare to lead a discussion next class on her chosen topic. It was smart work. And Buffy, she is just so surprised and so pleased. Good for Buffy. She's never praised for academics. And damn you, Dr. Walsh, for being evil. I know. Like, like when when you see her at first, she is the professor kind of evil. You know, yeah, like, she is just the she's, she's a hard ass. She's a hard ass. And she was so hard on Buffy at the beginning. And to see her praising Buffy, you know, at this moment, like we're going to find out in the next episode. What, you know, more of what her deal is. More of what her deal is. So I really like this episode bridge between, you know, now like this episode now and then going forward to the rest of the season, especially like when you see some stuff that happens later on in the the episode. 
But it's okay, because when she shows her paper to Willow, Willow is both excited and momentarily jealous, which makes her even more excited because she was jealous of Buffy academically. I love that. (laughs) This calls for a hug. And hey, maybe Dr. Walsh isn't so ogre after all. Oh, she is Willow. Just not not in the way you think. Yeah. Not the way one would surmise, given the show, because she's not an ogre either. She just, just yeah. evil. Yeah, I do like, and, and I do like this episode, again, because it gives like, you're like, oh, wow, the fuck. Buffy, however, is unsure about this academic reward system. <laughs> because leading a discussion sounds like more work. <laughs> Shouldn't she get a cookie or a toy surprise? Willow says she's supposed to meet Oz at the cafeteria. If Buffy comes along, she'll buy her that cookie. Buffy's in, but first she's got to talk to the TA. She'll catch up in a bit. Outside the cafeteria or cafe or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. Like when when you say cafeteria, I'm expecting. Yeah, but this is, to be fair, Mia's high school cafeteria was like, it was on a covered patio. Mm -hmm. But like all the cafeteria tables and everything were legit outside because it's California and you can do that. Yeah, when we're, we're coming, we're coming to this from the perspective of being on the East Coast and (laughs) yeah. Our our limit of being able to eat outside was a very narrow window because it was either too cold or too hot. Right. You had to grab those days. Yes. Oz looks for a table, but they all seem to be occupied, except for the one where Veruca is sitting. She has three empty chairs at hers. Asking Oz if he plans to sit on the ground, she motions to set empty chairs. He tells her his girlfriend is coming, and again, she motions to set chairs. There's room. Taking a seat, Oz comments on her lunch. She has a big appetite. Can't stand girls who are all, oh, is there dressing on that? (sighs) Turns out, neither can Oz. He tells her the band sounded good last night. Tight. Veruca says they're getting there, but their amps still sound dirty. They descend into music talk as Willow approaches. For a split second, she just stands there watching them, but then she puts on a bright smile and heads over. She joins them at the table, and there's a moment of awkward silence before Oz goes back to talking shop. Music talk, huh? Willow loves listening to Oz talk about the biz. (laughs) They continue, and when Oz mentions something called Hound Dog, Willow once again tries to add to the conversation. She loves Elvis. He's her favorite, right after Dingo's. (sighs) Gently, Oz tells her they're talking about amps. But hey, it is easy to get confused. Aw, poor Willow. That's the worst. Ah, that's that is the absolute worst, especially like not even just your your partner. But when, you know, you come into a conversation and people are talking about something that you don't understand and you're the only other one there and you're just sitting there like, hey, can we can we include me in the conversation? (laughs) He excuses himself, telling Willow he'll call her later. And a moment later, Veruca does the same. Only she tells Willow, nice shirt. Fucking Veruca. Oh, fuck. She's just. (sighs) This leaves Willow alone. At least until Buffy joins her. Noticing the lack of everyone else, she asks, is it her? (laughs) No. Willow says it's actually her. She doesn't speak musician ease. And why didn't Buffy tell her she looks like a deranged birthday cake in this shirt? Oh. Buffy kind of thought that was the point. Willow tells Buffy her fears about Veruca. How she thinks Oz finds her sexy. And... Just because Oz is looking at someone else, it doesn't mean anything. He loves Willow. Willow knows, and she gets it. She does. She has no desire to be one of those girls who freak at every little thing. And she's looked, admired, but she's always felt guilty. Always flogged and punished herself. 
Ooh, floggy. Ew, church. <laughs> Seriously, though, who on the writing staff has like a BDSM kink? Because flogging comes up a lot. You know what? We're not even gonna. Let's let's just leave that one in the discard pile. I bet it's Dave. Dave. <laughs> Veruca looks like she could fall under the slovenly Marilyn Monroe. There we go. Mystery solved. <laughs> oh, oh, our old, our old buddy, Dave. <sighs> no, that's, that's on the pile of questions that I don't want answered. Uh, that's, that's not for, that's not on the Marnie pile. That's fair. That's fair. Buffy assures her that Oz is not the kind to stray. At least not tonight. Anyway, he'll be locked up in the bottom of a crypt. You know what? You know what? That's fair. I mean, you had to find I mean, an, the the library at Sunnydale is no longer there, so he had to true. find he had to find somewhere. And I mean, it's what's about to happen aside. It's a solid structure. Yeah, yeah, and. Also, think about, like, if you hear weird noises from a cemetery, you're not going to go investigate. This is true. He shuts the door and takes off his shirt. But, you know, maybe, just maybe, old crypts aren't always the best to keep werewolves. I know we just said they were, but on this point, for the plot, Oz challenges the gate and it breaks open, freeing him, which I had a question about that. Okay. Like, have they just given up on Ozwatch? Like, Again, I know it is vital to the plot, but when they had him in the library, somebody would stay with him all night. I I think, again, for plot reasons, but I think they've reached the point in their lives where they can't always be with him. Well, clearly Willow was going to, I think, unless, except for this Wicca thing, because she said it's only for this month. yeah. So clearly, I think Willow still hangs out or yeah. she checks in periodically. And I would assume Buffy would check in during patrol. Mm-hmm. But it seemed like nobody went by the crypt at all that night. Yeah. So again, it's just a plot reason. Okay. I was like, that seems weird that we've just given up on, you know, checking periodically to make sure the werewolf's where we put him. Also, I feel like we should have done a better job at making sure that our uh, our locks were a little bit better than than they are. Right? Back on campus, Dr. Walsh is leaving her classroom, having worked late. As she walks along, she starts to notice something moving in the bushes. Turns out, it's a werewolf. So she does what actually any normal person would do and chucks her bag at it before <laughs> taking off running. Okay. You know what? This is the one time where I will relate to... That was Maggie the most Walsh. relatable thing. Yes. Just like throw something at it and run. Yes, that was that. That is the only time we will relate to her. Because again, like we think that she's just a normal person at this yeah. moment. However, when she veers off the path, she runs into another werewolf. Bum, yes. bum, bum. That's right. Two werewolves. How surprising. I mean, at the time when we, fir- when you, we first watched this episode, you're like... Oh, I mean, yes, I think we all had our suspicions, Mm -hmm. 
But yes, to have it confirmed was yeah. a like, oh. I, I always thought that like, there were like, that she could have been like something else too. Like it was like a supernatural thing. Like even recognized- if she wasn't a werewolf, she was definitely another. Another thing. And like yeah. his senses could pick up the fact that she was something. Not human. Yeah. That makes sense. They start to advance. And when Dr. Walsh dives into some bushes, they go at each other, snarling and rolling about. We then go to the next morning where Oz is waking up naked in the woods next to Veruca. Veruca says it was quite a night and Oz supposes because he doesn't know. He doesn't remember his time as a wolf. She tells him that happens at first, but eventually things will start coming back to him. So then she's a werewolf groupie? Yeah, turns out nobody else gets it done for her. What? Ugh. Turning serious, Veruca says Oz knows what she is, has known since the moment he first laid eyes on her. All this time, she's been touching him, petting him, nipping at him, and she tells him he needs to relax. Yet not happening. Yeah, no. Okay, what does he want to do then? Find clothes. Any clothes. Like those in a campus laundry room. Veruca says the kids in that dorm need serious fashion 101, as apparently does Oz. I'm very creeped out by the fact that she has stolen somebody's sexy knickers. (laughs) Right? (laughs) But I mean, at least she took them from the laundry so they were clean. Yes, yes. (laughs) Oz doesn't care. He's not looking to make a statement. He just wants to get back to his place and find out how they got out of their cages last night. Cages. He has a cage? Doesn't she? Oh, yeah, totally. It's got a wheel and a little bell. No, she doesn't have a cage. Someone's domesticated him big time. Oz tells her it's his choice. His way of making sure he doesn't hurt anyone. Or maybe it's his way of avoiding what happened to him. What he is. His way of pretending he's just a normal guy. He is a normal guy. He's only a wolf three times a month. Or, counterpoint, he's a wolf all the time. And his human face is just a disguise. Did he ever think of that? Oz says he's leaving. But he's going to go check the papers and see if they did any damage last night. Veruca says they did, but only to each other. She knows some part of him has to remember that. And they don't need to wait for the full moon. They can do it again. Right there. Nope. Nope. Oz is not about it. This ends right Now, she says she can help him, that he's scared, and she was too. But then she accepted it. The animal, its power inside her all the time. She says eventually you start to feel sorry for everyone else because they don't know what it's like to be as alive as they are. Veruca, I think you were probably a bitch before you became a werewolf. Oh, absolutely. Like, if this is your way of thinking, you you were something else. Oh, yeah. Before this happened. She goes to kiss Oz again, but he backs away. Free to kill people? He won't do that. And neither should she. She says he doesn't understand, but he will. He'll see that they belong together. No, he knows where he belongs. As he leaves, Veruca watches him go with a, we'll see about that smirk on her face, telling him she'll see him tonight. He's such a good boy. He's such a good boy. But okay. So what Veruca says about the person versus the wolf, this, I find this conversation fascinating because this is something that changes in every piece of werewolf media. Yep. Like, are you a person who turns into a wolf or is your true self the wolf? And I think it also depends on the person. 
I think it depends on the person. And I think it depends on how you became a lycanthrope. Mm-hmm. And I think how you became a lycanthrope is actually very important to whatever story is being told. Because for someone like Oz, for someone like Lawrence Talbot, um, for Richard was, Richard was bitten. Yes. Yes. For someone like Richard in the Anita Blake series, it is very important to them that they are human. Mm -hmm. And that the wolf, while it's inside them, is not who they are. That there is still this idea of humanity and society within them. And honestly, her books get super crazy. (laughs) And like, they just turn they are i mean to use they are like the spicy books they are it's it's a little too much spice at some point yeah because there's no plot anymore yeah a lot of like mary mary and i like in our writing when we do werewolf characters a lot of what we do is based on anita blake's structuring of pack structure the way that werewolves act like she really did set great great levels uh, and like not just for not just for her werewolf characters for all of her characters I mean, her world building was amazing yeah but it reached a point where it felt more like you're reading a spicy fanfic which is fine you know if that's yeah. what you're looking for but when you want something that has both world building and spice it just got to be too yeah. much like if you read like the first nine books because I think Blue Moon is eight, which makes Obsidian Butterfly nine. Mm-hmm. So if you read the first nine books, it's super good. Yeah. Like, super good. Um, Her werewolf stuff is amazing. The vampire hierarchies, the laws, like, the whole idea that there were these laws that, like, reproclaimed vampires people. So there are, like, federal marshals mm-hmm. who deal with supernatural beings and that you consult necro- you can consult a necromancer to have like grandpa raised if there's a will dispute yeah like the world she sets up is amazing the, the werewolf she sets up is amazing but then again she just goes off the rails later. i think the last the last one that i can remember reading was narcissus and chains oh i think i wouldn't even pass that one day i'll reread them because i hate myself but today I is not that day literally thinking the same thing especially like as we're you're talking about how there's a whole structure with the legal system and and everything and again it was such great world building and then it just got to be too much but so for those kind of characters where you're bitten or you're scratched or this is something that happened to you against your will i think clinging to the humanity aspect is very important if you go to the idea that like canthropy can be hereditary which i cannot think of an example off the top of my head um they say that you're born as a wolf Mm mm-hmm you're not born as a human. You turn into a human after. Um, more like the teen, like Teen Wolf, like the Hale family. Yeah, they were born right, and that was like, and because actually, does I've, Teen Wolf go into the whole thing that you're literally actually born as a wolf? I don't and turn human later. I don't think so, but they in that in this case, like in the case with them, like they do consider themselves to be wolves, and then like because you see that with Derek and with Scott, like Scott is. He was bitten. He's human first and a wolf second. And then the Hales, because they were all, you know, genetically, they consider themselves, it's, you know, they're wolves. Right. And so I think when you tell a story about a hereditary lycanthrope, 
It's more about embracing what you are mm-hmm. and embracing the power and the darkness inside you. So werewolves are a very, just in general, are a mm-hmm. very interesting storytelling idea because you can play with and separate it in these kind of ideas. Like people who are made wolves, people who are born wolves. Are you wolf? Are you human? Nature, nurture. Exactly. And also and also learning to control it. You know, again, you know, you know, you, you can control it, but then, you know, like Veruca is somebody who doesn't want to quote unquote control it. She wants to just be Yeah. So it yeah, um more even more so than vampires, werewolves are such a diverse, interesting yeah. concept. And one of the things that I know a lot of people, especially the Harry Potter fandom, do bring it up. But again, it was another thing that before she went a little off the rails, Laurel K. Hamilton did great and did first was the whole comparison of lycanthropy to like HIV. Mm -hmm. Because there's the whole thing where Richard says, if anybody finds out he's a werewolf, he'll lose his job because he was a teacher. And that plays back into the fears of like the AIDS crisis back in the 90s. So, I mean, just werewolves are fascinating. They're perfect for storytelling. This is why we love werewolves. Yes, we should do we should do a we should do a book club episode with the first Anita Blake, Alina Blake. All right, we'll do it. We have our book club like planned out for this season. So let's do it next season. Yeah, that'll be cool. (sighs) Yes. Which one are we doing this season? We are doing uh, the two parts of Lost Slayer. Oh, that's right. Okay. yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So yes, next season we will do the first Anita Blake book and that'll be, that'll be, that'll be fun. I'm pretty sure I still remember the first line of that book because I'm pretty sure it's the first book that starts with the most beautiful corpse I've ever seen was sitting behind my desk. Yes. Yep. All right. Anyway, (laughs) back to the, we're we're just trying, we're just trying to avoid talking about Veruca. (laughs) We really are. Elsewhere, Dr. Walsh is filling Riley in, telling him how she was attacked by two. We never hear what she was originally going to call them because Buffy comes up. And oh my God, she calls Maggie Mrs. Walsh. For a moment, I thought she was going to chew her out because no, 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 no. Professor. She may be an evil, but she is a doctor. doctor. Yes. She earned that title, Missy. <laughs> or even Professor Walsh. Yeah. Anyway. Dr. Walsh tells her to be careful when walking around campus alone as she was attacked by wild dogs. I love how like there when you when you know who like what she's doing, you can kind of see a very subtle shift between when she's telling Riley the story and when Buffy comes up. Yeah. Wild dogs. Two of them. Huge. She thought the first one was a gorilla. Was there something Buffy needed? No, no, just saying howdy she then (laughs) runs off because yeah wild dogs full moon buffy knows exactly what it was walsh was attacked by and two of them in his room oz is sitting scouring the papers when willow comes in sporting a look that's a little faruka like Mm. low cut silk blouses leather pants oh willow oz says it's a new look for her and she says he's sporting a new look too (laughs) not really Laundry day. Willow goes to him and the two embrace right before Willow apologizes for being weird about him and Veruca. (laughs) Oh, Will. Oz didn't notice anything. Really? Because she felt all spazzy. Oz assures her it wasn't a thing. And she says, good. Must just be her then. Her and her big old brain. Always thinking, thinking, thinking. Oz tells her she can stop. Everything's fine. You know, if he wanted to help her stop, Willow returns to the line of thinking from that morning, even starting to lift up Oz's shirt. 
Oz, though, is kind of distant and not really in the moment. What? What is it? Does he not want to? Mm. No, 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 not that. He just, he guesses he didn't get a ton of sleep the night before. Oh, okay. Busy wolf night. Willow gets it. She goes to grab her bag and Oz says she doesn't have to leave. She does, though. She didn't have much time. She heads out and we go to Giles's place where Giles is watching Jeopardy? <laughs> some sort of, some sort of Yeah, it would have quiz to be a show. rerun of Jeopardy because it's not dinner time. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. On his weird little TV. Yeah. A knock comes at the door and he turns off the small television he was watching. He goes and opens the door to find Buffy. He is very <laughs> excited to see her. Offering her tea and moussaka. Asking if she's come on business, which she has. So lucky for him, people may be in danger. Poor Giles. He's so bored. She explains how Dr. Walsh says she was attacked by two wild dogs last night under the light of a full moon. At this point, I just started reciting the couplet from the Wolfman uh-huh. to myself. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Even a man who is pure of heart Farts and says his prayers by night, night may become a wolf when the wolfbane blooms and the autumn moon is bright. Yes. Gothic lit. It's a problem, okay? Yes, yes. It's a big, it's, it, we have a big, big problem with gothic lit, lit over here. <laughs> Werewolves. Two of them. Seems like it. Giles says he hasn't seen anything in the papers or on the news. Has Buffy talked to Oz? He's her next step. Okay, then. Good. She'll talk to him, and he'll continue looking for any word of an attack. If she finds anything, she'll report back ASAP. Promise. Needing to talk to someone, Willow has gone to Xander's basement. Oh, sadness. Aww. He seems excited to see her, asking if her his mom let her in. She did. She seemed cranky. <laughs> Xander says they're having a little landlord-tenant dispute. She won't let him put a lock on the door, so he's withholding rent. He thinks his mom is afraid he might start having the sex. Poor Xander. Anyway, Xander knows why he is sitting in a dank, dark basement. Why is Willow? She tells him things with Oz are weird. And while she's talked to Buffy about it, she thinks they might be in Guysville. All right, what's the problem? Willow wants to know what it means when a girl wants to... You know, make love, but the guy doesn't seem interested. That's a bad sign, right? It could be. Or it could be that the girl caught the guy in one of the seven whole minutes (laughs) where he's not thinking about sex. Okay, but what if the girl, uh, Xander stops her there, saying that he has cracked her ingenious code. You know, considering she started this whole conversation by saying things were weird between her and Oz. (laughs) All right, say she has been noticing Oz notice someone else, a woman. Is this chick noticing back? Most definitely. Has she asked Oz about it? She's thought about asking Oz about it, but then she thought he might think she's all jealous and worried, but she is. (laughs) And Oz probably already feels it. That's probably what's causing the whole weirdness. They should talk things out. They'll both feel better. Oz is back in the cemetery, reinforcing the door to his cage. Seeing Buffy come in, he stops, placing the blowtorch he's been using off to the side. He got out, huh? Yeah, she didn't hear about any attacks, did she? No, but she did hear a woman being chased by two wild dogs. Two? Oz plays dumb if Buffy asks him if he remembers anything like that. Another wolf? No. He tells her when the change comes, it's like he's gone. Total blackout. Buffy tells him that if she happens to find a second werewolf on patrol tonight, he might just end up with a roommate. 
She starts to leave, but then stops. Is he okay? Because, and she did not think this possible, he's even more monosyllabic than usual. He assures her he's okay, and she leaves. We get a little pre-mood montage. Oz brooding, Veruca singing, and Willow hanging out with the Campus Wigan group. (laughs) As the sun sinks low in the sky, Oz calls someone and then heads to the crypt. Turns out the person he called was Veruca. What? He wanted to show off his habit trail? As Oz hangs in the doorway of the cage, Veruca paces a bit on the outside. She always gets a little buzzed around sunset. Oz tells her to come here and she says she is not getting in the cage with him. They're meant to be free. No, not tonight. Oz tells her she can't go out there tonight. And not just because she may hurt someone, but because he knows people who will be out there looking for them, hunting for them. So then she's supposed to just spend the whole night locked up with him. She'll be safe that way. Not from him. And isn't that the whole point of the cage? She goes on to tell him she wanted him before she ever met him. That she sensed him. Did he sense her? Oz tries to coax her into the cage, but she wants to know. Did he sense her? Did he? In a last-ditch effort to get her inside, Oz grabs her and pulls her in with a kiss, the door slamming shut behind her. As they fall to the ground, their shifting hands intertwine. I... Love that shot. I love, yeah. I love this whole scene. I love I this. I do not scene. love what happens next. Yes. But yes. I love that shot. I, I love, I love this scene. I mean, and this, this is like, this is set like Seth. Like, I love him because normally like he's such a goofy, but he is sexy in this scene. Oh, yeah. The way like he, like I, like Veruca is too much. Mm-hmm. Faruka's whole, whole sexy thing is way too much. Like it's, it's a lot. It's it's a lot. But the way he is hanging, like holding on to the 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 like holding on to the top of the cage and like keeping himself from going to her because he's fighting against his nature. Like Seth is sexy in this scene. Oh yeah, it's it's a good like I. Like, I wish she was being able to use this on somebody else, not yes. Veruca. Because, yeah, like, Veruca, like I said, like we said, Veruca is just way too much. Oh, so much. Anyway, that, that nothing happens between them and we're... No, everything's fine. Everything's fine. No, everything Ugh. is not fine. We go to morning and Willow arriving with breakfast. No, no, Willow, go no, back. No, Willow, no. Turn around. Go wait for Oz no. in his room. Yeah. As she approaches the cage, she sees not Oz, but Oz and Veruca. Dropping the food she's brought, she steps back. Waking up, Oz sees Willow, and immediately he separates from Veruca, looking for his pants. This isn't what it looks like. He had to lock her in there with him. Yeah, Willow just bets he did. No, no, she's like him, a wolf. He had to, he had to make sure she didn't hurt someone. He had no choice. He did, though. Willow tells him he could have told someone. Mm-hmm. But no, his solution was to lock them together in a room all night. Oz goes to touch her, but she pulls away. And Veruca, she's not helping the situation, saying Willow does kind of have a point. Oz tells her to leave, and when she keeps on, he growls it. She needs to go. Now. Willow says she knew. She knew. And he said it was nothing. Said everything was fine. That that was just as bad as Oz remembers how it feels. Oh, hey, they do mention what Willow did. Yeah, yeah. I was I yeah, I was wondering if they were gonna 
I was like, for some reason, I thought it was completely glossed over, but that it could be because I hate this episode due to emotional damage. Yeah, that's I, I was thinking the same thing because I, I had a moment of Willow. You know, you've done this before, too. Right. So then what? This is payback. She had it coming because she thought that was behind them. And what happened with Sander, it doesn't compare. Not to what she and he had. Clearly not to what he has with Faruka. Okay. I want you to look at this scene, look at this scene, and you, mm, if you can really honestly look at this scene and tell me Willow never actually loved Oz. I know. That this was just a face. Uh, like, I, hate I want it. you to look at her face and tell me she was not completely in love with him. I, like... Like, I hate that. Like, again, it's it's something that we've we've talked about so many times. Like, if she didn't love him, this wouldn't have impacted her the way it did. Or it would have been more anger, yeah. not devastation. Yeah, this is... But she is devastating. She is... And, and how, and how like, when he's like, yeah, I know how it feels. And she's like, oh, really? Like, this is this... Like, how she brings that up, too. Like, and how I thought we were okay. Like, it is... <sighs> that's why like I hate I hate how her relationship with Oz is completely erased mm-hmm. after she gets you know after she gets together with Tara and like because and we've said it before Oz was so important to her development yeah as a person and as giving her confidence like she had and then like this breaks her down this like her whole her whole thing like leading up to the moment where she finds out about where she finds him and Veruca together is so close to early seasons Willow. Yeah. Where she she almost goes back to that girl that she was when we first meet her. And she's right like when Buffy came to see him at the crypt and she mentions two werewolves all he had to do was say Yes, like he knew he could have told like he could have told Willow when she came to see him. He kept this. Yeah, like they people who know who and what he is could have helped them. It would have been a bigger battle with her with Veruca, but he had a choice. Yeah. And he chose he chose to leave the people who trusted him out of it. So he not only did he break Willow. He broke the confidence of the group that he's known all these years who have helped him. Yeah. Fucking boys. Stupid. Stupid boys thinking they this can do it. This is why we throw rocks at them. I know. They, oh, stupid boys. Making things so much more difficult than they need to be. Ah says he doesn't know what he and Veruca have done. That he has no idea what goes on when the wolf is in control. Yeah. True. But even before that, when he was regular Oz, he had feelings for her. No, no, he didn't. He could sense something, knew something was off, but he wanted her like in an animal way, like more than he wanted her. Oz says nothing. And I, I get very distracted by the music. Uh, yeah. Because it sounds a little bit like the opening of the Halloween theme. And that is a very odd choice for this emotional moment. But whatever. And it's like, I like literally all he had to do was not be a man and talk about shit. Yeah. Like all he had to do was say, there's something weird about Veruca. He's like, he could have just said, I can't, I don't know what it is. I can't explain. But because Oz is fucking Oz, he had plenty of opportunity. I love you, Oz, but fuck you. (laughs) Willow runs off leaving Oz alone. 
downtown, Willow is in a bit of a daze, crying, processing everything that just happened. She's in such a daze that she doesn't really notice the other people, or even cars, as she goes to cross the street without looking and almost gets hit. Buffy, having been across the way, sees her and goes to save her, but she's too far. Thankfully, Riley isn't, and he grabs her. As Buffy joins them, she grabs Willow gently, pulling her close and pushing her hair out of her face. What is it? What happened? And Buffy, she is looking particularly lovely in this scene. The white collared shirt, mm-hmm. the hair down with the barrette. She's just, she's so pretty. She is. Willow starts crying anew and Riley suggests Buffy take her home before telling Willow that whatever it is, it isn't worth hurting herself over. So because that, because of that line, a lot of people in the fandom tend to think Willow stepped in front of the car on purpose. But if you watch the scene, it's clear that like Willow has no, no idea what's going no, on around no. her. It's, it's, she, she's like, not, yeah, it, it's not that she's doing it on purpose. It's just the fact that she's not paying attention. Like she doesn't even know a car is there. No. She doesn't even react to the car. Like it's, she didn't really react when she was grabbed. Yeah. Like she's just so out of it. Yeah. No, I, she didn't step, she didn't step on in. She's just so lost that she's not paying attention to anything. Back in their dorm room, Buffy sits with Willow. She tells Willow that she has to go, that she has to find Veruca before the sun sets. And she promises her when she finds her, this thing stops. She's bad news. But before she goes, does Willow want her to get her anything? Kleenex? Chocolate? Chocolate anything? Willow shakes her head. No. Buffy promises to come back as soon as it's finished and tells Willow to take it easy. That Riley was right. Put the blame where it belongs. Don't hurt herself. Okay. She turns to leave, but then turns back around again. She's sure she's okay? She'll be fine. She promises. Telling Willow she loves her, Buffy leaves. For a moment, Willow just sits there and then repeating to herself the idea of putting the blame where it belongs. Oh, Will. She goes to her magic trunk. Oh, Willow. Willow, no. No. You know what happens when magic and emotions mix. No, that's a bad thing. In his room, Oz is working hard to locate Veruca, calling around, asking her bandmates. He's just finished up another call when Buffy enters, demanding to know where she is. He doesn't know. He's tried all her usual haunts. But he does know the places wolves are drawn to. Maybe if they go there, he can follow her scent. Great. They'll try that. They start to leave and Oz tries to explain himself, but Buffy wants no part of it. Nope. She is the best friend and her loyalty is staunchly to Team Willow. She tells Oz, now would be a good time for his trademark stoicism. I love that moment. In a chemistry lab, Willow is beginning her revenge spell, asking the gods to curse Oz and Veruca to let their deceitful hearts be broken. Elsewhere, Buffy and Oz begin the hunt. As they reach one of the places, Oz catches a whiff of something this way. Willow's spell continues as she asks for them to never find love or peace. Oz says he can smell her, the two of them going deeper into the woods, towards a clearing where they find Veruca's clothes. (laughs) Oz says they could be from the other night. Or, Buffy says, she could want to throw him off the trail. Willow. They both take off running towards the campus, Oz leading the way, and Buffy running smack into an army guy. (laughs) Oops. Willow goes to finish her spell. All she has to do is toss Oz's image into the fire. But she can't. She can't do it. She puts it to the side and her spell breaks apart. Huh. From the doorway, Veruca looks a little disappointed. And here she thought Willow maybe had the balls to play rough. Because sometimes that's what you have to do to keep what's yours. Sometimes you need to kill. She locks the door to the lab and approaches Willow. 
Well, will you look at that? Sun's almost down. Buffy and the army guy scramble to their feet, a bit tangled up in one another (laughs) and struggling. They grab their weapons and take off in opposite directions. Baruch is not surprised. Willow didn't go through with it. Her little hex. She doesn't have the teeth. Willow tells Veronica that... uh, Veronica. (laughs) (laughs) Willow tells Veruca that she doesn't know what she has. She doesn't know anything about her. She knows what she loves. And she has his scent on her right now. (sighs) You know what, Willow Hexer? No one will blame you. No, no. Yeah. Hex, hex, don't hex, don't hex Oz. But her? Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, yeah. Oz, Oz was trying. Oz really did try to, yeah, it's all Veruca. Normally, normally I hate blaming the woman for things but yes we're we're blaming we're blaming veruca veruca backhands willow sending her to the ground right as oz comes in don't touch her again come stop her she likes it rough remember if she wants to hurt him then hurt him leave willow out of it how can she willow's the reason he's living in cages once she's gone he'll be able to admit what he is she wants to know what he is Veruca says he's an animal, and animals kill. As he looks from Willow to Veruca, Oz says, she's right, animals kill. And then he lunges for Veruca. Their fight is brutal, but brief, Oz tearing out Veruca's throat while Willow watches. And when a stunned Willow calls to him, he turns on her. Thankfully, Buffy is there by then and manages to knock him out. Going to Willow, she holds her as the redhead cries. Morning comes and we go back to Giles's. Giles says he's not quite sure he understands. And Buffy admits there's a lot going on with the whole Willow and Oz thing. But she thought he should know. And this guy in the woods, he was in military garb? Yeah, and toting some serious weaponry. Buffy says she saw some guys dressed exactly like that on Halloween, but she just assumed they were in costume. Maybe they were working. Whatever it is, Buffy wants to know what's up. The guy got in her way slowed her down. She barely caught up with Oz in time. As it was, she failed to... Giles tells her she saved Willow. Yeah, but right now Willow wishes she hadn't. Buffy says she's never seen her like this. Almost like it hurts too much to form words. Giles tells her that she's felt that way herself, but she got through it. True, but that was after she ran away and went to hell. She's kind of hoping Willow doesn't use her as a model. She just doesn't know how they're going to deal with this. Well, we go to Oz's place where Willow arrives to find him packing. What's he doing? Going now? Yeah. So that's his solution to leave. That's his decision. And Willow gets no say in this? No. Oz tells her that Veruca was right about something. The wolf is inside him all the time. And he doesn't know where the line is anymore between him and it. And until he figures out what that means, how to deal with it... He probably shouldn't be around her or anyone. Willow tells him that might be a bit of a problem, seeing as how people are kind of a planetary epidemic. He'll find some place. For how long? He doesn't know. But doesn't he love her? We're both, yeah, we are we're both like legitimately tearing up over here. <laughs> <sighs> This is why I never rewatched this episode. I know, I know. Like, and and just like I, I hate this episode. <laughs> and it's so it's it's funny because it's like one of those episodes where, like, we have so many episodes that we don't rewatch because they're just bad. But this is one that you just don't rewatch because you just don't want to cry. I don't want to cry. Day. Yeah. I mean, we've been crying leading up to this because we knew it was coming, and right. Now- <laughs> oh. 
his whole life, he's never loved anything else. And yeah, no, I literally, my notes are like, why am I crying? I hate this. Like, it's a, like, watch a show about a teenage vampire (laughs) hunter, they said. It'll be fun, they said. Full of the quips. Uh, He goes to her, the two of them pressing their foreheads together, Willow crying, and then, with a kiss to her forehead, uh, grabs his bag and goes, exiting the house and climbing into the van. And as he drives off, he too begins to cry. The end. Again, I want you to look at that ending and look at those tears and tell me Willow never loved him. And tell me that he never loved her. Yeah, no, no, fuck that shit. You know, and fuck like- that shit. The whole There's thing- There's nothing wrong with being bisexual, people. No, there isn't. But again, we had to- This was the 90s. This like, was- I understand why they did it. Yeah. I don't understand why the fandom can't- understand and accept the fact that bisexuality exists yeah yeah i mean this was her first love you know this was her this was her first love this was the first person like i said believed in her and really saw her and saw her like remember and yes like the whole the whole thing leading up to them getting together was him seeing her literally seeing her like she is dressed up in full Eskimo in full garb with only her face showing and he is this cool guitarist playing on stage and he sees her and he smiles and he wants to know who she is who is the Eskimo like he just every like literally everything was just about him seeing her (sighs) and making her feel like making her feel beautiful making her feel sexy Everything about him was her comfort, you know, like when she wanted to have when she wanted to have sex the first time, everything was him making sure like he wanted her to be ready before it happened. It wasn't about him. It was about everything is about her. (sighs) At least we get Tara. It helps soften the blow. We do. We do. Because we love Oz and we also love Tara, but we understand they were both great loves to Willow in different ways. People, and and that's that's one of the things that in, and it's not just this fandom, it's a lot of fandoms. Fandoms tend to forget that all, like, especially with, with shows like this where love is such a strong emotion, your loves matter. You know, her Buffy with Angel, that was an important love for her. You know, everything, it just, it all matters. And just because somebody ends up with somebody different doesn't mean that this person that they were with first matters any less. Yeah. And and Willow would probably tell people to fuck off that she loved, that she loved Oz. Oh, so now Oz is going to Tibet. <sighs> but that's interesting. Like, Oz has a whole journey in Tibet. We get into that more in the comics and stuff. But Oz does go on a very, very interesting journey. We'll see him again. We will. It's, it's, he's not going to be his best self. No, no. But we'll see him again. But you know what? You know, Seth, good for Seth. He's 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 doing things. He's yeah. You know, he's he's got he's got stuff going on. And, you know, we we appreciate but just loved Oz. <sighs> Anyway. All right. We're going to go cry. (laughs) Right? That's it for this week. Thank you all for listening. And make sure to join us next time when we take on season four, episode seven, The Initiative. Now we're getting in. We're getting into the the little hints that we've been seeing all through the season. 
Until then, check out our various social media channels, all of which will be listed in the show notes. And if you like the show and you want to let us know it, you can subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to podcasts or write to us directly at thewatchersdiaries at gmail.com. Bye! 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 <laughs>